But I think there was some commentary around the guys that they did a very poor job of ice and hydration last year. And almost everyone that was running in the front were carrying giant ice bandanas or wetting themselves. Uh, well, that sounds weird. <laughs> they were, some of them actually were probably doing yeah, that. Yeah, they probably were. So, well, that's good. Then we know they're hydrated. <laughs> Hello there. You may recognize my voice as an actor in Jeff's favorite movie, but I'm also a big-ass runner from Clarksdale, Mississippi. Welcome to the Man Is It Hot episode of the Big Ass Runner podcast, where we entertain and encourage trail runners from all over the world. Now here's your host, who I was going to let interview me for the show, but uh, well, let's face it, it's just too damn hot. Jeff Harrell. Well, thank you person who sounds a lot like Morgan Freeman. Excellent voice. Excellent introduction. Thank you for doing that. Well, my name is Jeff Harrell. This is the Big Ass Runner Trail Running Podcast, episode number 102. And speaking of 102, that is the temperature right now as we're recording here in McKinney, Texas. It is stinking hot. How hot is it, you want to ask? Well, today it is 102, as I just mentioned. Tomorrow, Friday, 104. Saturday, 102. Sunday, 101. Monday, 102. Tuesday, 101. Wednesday, cold front, 98. What am we going to do? Break out the sweaters. Oh my goodness, it is super hot, not just here in Texas, but all over. There is a heat wave, and except I think for you folks in the Pacific Northwest who are enjoying the 77, California is the same, I think, on the coast. I'm actually headed to San Diego next week. I'm very excited about that. We're going to be running some trails out there, out there for work, but we're going to work in some trails. But it's hot, and so we thought, let's just embrace it. Instead of whining about it, let's just embrace it. And so we are doing a special, as Morgan just said, a special Man Is It Hot episode of The Big Ass Runner. I had recorded a segment with Coach Greg that we were going to wait a couple weeks to drop, but I'm pulling it forward because he talks about how to run, how to train, how to deal with the heat. So that's segment number one. We will have Coach Greg here talking about how to run and deal with and train in the heat. Very wise wisdom nuggets galore. Wisdom nuggets that we didn't have to put in the oven. We just fried right up on the sidewalk. It was fantastic. So look for that in segment one. And then segment two, I reached out on the Instagram story and asked the big S runner keeping with our hot theme for some hot takes. Don't know what a hot take is. That's just a, an opinion that you have that might, might go against the grain might be something most people would disagree with, but you truly believe. And as always, the big ass runner herd did not disappoint. So we got some hot takes in segment 
number two. We're going to get going with the show because it's hot in here and we need to get going. So with that, let's get started on the Man Is It Hot episode 102, just like the temperature of the Big Ass Runner. Well, back by popular demand, we have our running coach, Coach Greg. Coach Greg, welcome back to the show. Hey, glad to be back. Awesome to have you. I had such great feedback from the segment we had had you on in episode 101 around pacing, and I wanted to bring you back, not, not just pacing, but pacing and crewing, really more of a focus on crewing. And I wanted to have you back because Western States was several weeks ago, and I think what was great about it, everyone knows that's the Super Bowl of trail racing, at least here in the U.S., UTMB probably right there mm-hmm. with it. And the coverage is getting better and better. I think Cocodona actually set the bar. I think I think everyone's like, oh, gosh, we need to we need to have the live coverage, yep. the, the cameras out on the trail. They did a great job, I thought, of capturing. I think a lot of us were glued to our YouTubes yep. <laughs> watching that. But one of the things I think everyone that's familiar with the race knows, it can be a hot race. Mm -hmm. And this year was no exception. And we are now in the dead part of summer, right in the middle of summer. Here in Texas, it's been in the hundreds for what feels like forever. So I wanted to ask you about running in the heat because I'm sure you work with all of your your runners and how to deal with that. And so I would love to to talk about that. And I've kind of got a few different categories. So if you don't mind, we'll jump into some of those. I think the first thing people think about is hydration right? and making sure that you're hydrated. But I want to talk about that because is that an assumption and can you overhydrate? And is nutrition also part of that? Because sometimes I think you can think, well, I've had enough fluids, but have you had enough calories and all those other things too? So talk a little bit about, about hydration and nutrition. Yeah. So you did talk about overhydration and when you know you have a hot run later in the day, you think you're probably being proactive and you're just pounding the water, and sometimes you forget that you may be throwing off your electrolyte balance when you're pounding so much water. So it is important that we do mix in some electrolytes. So it's not always about the hydration that we're taking during. If you're being proactive and taking care of yourself beforehand, just make sure you're also mixing in your electrolytes. And if you don't have to worry about a high salt diet, maybe you can add a little extra seasoning. Yeah. Some of those foods, so you're, you're getting some there. So I think the key is just being a little bit more careful about what you are drinking beforehand and make sure it's not just the water, or maybe not just the coffee. There's always room for coffee, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, we got we got to draw the line somewhere. <laughs> so maybe we just sneak some electrolytes in between cups there. So just, I think it's important, just don't forget the electrolytes part when we are sometimes just being so focused on the hydration. Let's get super practical. When you say electrolytes, are you talking, you know, hit a, hit a Gatorade? Or are you talking about add some Tailwind to your yeah. water? Or I, I like the BPN electrolyte right. product. That's probably my favorite. I actually use, I add that to pretty much everything I drink. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of options now. Sometimes it, it could just be a noon tab, something simply if you want something fizzy, a little effervescence and, you know, Tailwind uh, element. I also have the BPN electrolytes. I actually... I will typically drink some of that on the pre-run, on the drive to the trail. 
So yeah, there, I don't have a, you know, I, I like the electrolytes, the spring energy, but that's typically what I drink during. So, you know, if you, you don't even have to get a product. You can just add a little Himalayan sea salt to your water, add a little lime and you have a nice refreshing drink. So there, there's several options. I, you know, I don't want to pretend to be an expert on the amount of sodium and potassium in each one. So I won't even get into that, but there's a lot of good options. And I think it's important whether depending on whichever one you use, just, just pick one and just make sure we are in between cups of water. We're still having some electrolytes as well. So whatever option you like. Cause if you can actually drink too much water and flush out a lot of your right. salt, right? Yeah, so that's you the, uh, you're out of balance. Yep. Awesome. Good one. All right. What about, dress so not wearing a dress but what you wear your gear what you wear do you coach your runners on you know make sure it's breathable make sure it's right. light if you can go without a shirt yep. I, I cannot because I, I i'm i'm a clydesdale let's be honest but what what, what about gear and what yeah. you wear yeah so definitely if we you know we can start from the top down if you're going to be running outside in the heat during the day and wear a hat where there's just a cap a visor a cool bucket hat. Yeah, the bucket yeah. hats are cool right now. So wear a hat. And then, yeah, to your point, if you want to go shirtless, that's probably a better off. Now, that depends on how long you're going to be running. You may not want to be shirtless for a four-hour run in the heat. So there's some caveats there. But in most cases, if we're just doing, you know, the normal weekday running, you want something as light as you can. So if you want to wear like a path projects have you tried their new the air dot air is dot? incredible yeah so i've actually been defaulting and I, I even though i have the air dot tanks i i can't actually like the sleeves just the look so yeah stocked up on air dot so it's and you know some a lot of the other running clothing companies actually have a similar rabbit has a very thin layer shirt like that um so something that wicks really well and something light and i like running shirtless as well but sometimes especially in texas i like keeping that air dot on because usually at least when in our humidity the shirt's not drying so it's it is kind of cooling on the body especially uh when it's moist uh, moist um (laughs) everyone's favorite word (laughs) so bingo so yeah so depending on the fabrics you're using if you're not going to go shirtless, uh, make sure you pick your kind of the lighter, the meshier fabrics and uh, make sure you're covering your head, especially if you're going to be out in the sun. So a couple good options there. And, and if you're new to the show, this is full disclosure. Path Projects is one of our partners here at the Big S Runner. And it's because we love their products. Yeah. And Greg is part of the Path Projects crew. So we're, we're a little bit biased, but only because we love the company and the product so much. And that air dot, if you'll go to pathprojects.com, you'll see there's there's a sleeveless version and a sleeve version. And it's just got these little micro holes in it. And it's amazing. Yeah. It, it almost it's the closest thing to going shirtless without going shirtless. Love it. All right. So that's gear, that's dress. I'm sure for female runners, sports bra, something right. light, you know, in the in the heat, mm-hmm. I'm sure it's super important too. Well, what about time of day? Are you coaching your athletes to, to really think about when they're going out there? Unfortunately in Texas, we, our last <laughs> weekend run, we started at sun up. It was right. 6 a.m. It was still like 90% humidity and 80 something degrees. So it's hard to get, hard to get away from here in Texas, but do you coach a little bit about time yeah. of day? So unfortunately for summer running in Texas, one of the better rules. And a lot of times it's, it's not 
feasible for everyone, but run early or run late. So I typically am not a early morning runner, but I have gotten started get, <laughs> getting had up to be for lately. some 5 a.m. runs and only because I'm meeting uh, someone else to run with. So that's a good way to get some accountability is, you know, find a run buddy. Okay, we're going to start at 4 a.m. I'm not starting at 4 a.m., but 5 a.m. <laughs> is about the earliest that I'll start. So That's pretty early yeah, for me, too. That is, uh, that is really early. So start early or push your run into the evenings. And again, that is not feasible for someone. And we keep our group runs at the same time because uh, if I'm running at 7 or 8 o'clock, that puts my bedtime back a little further than I like. And so we still have to balance between getting your runs in and then keeping your circadian rhythm (laughs) correct if you're really worried about your recovery and sleep. So, but a good rule is run earlier or run later if you have to run during the day. Go back to some of the things that we just talked about as far as covering your head and wearing the proper layers. I was going to ask you about that because Team Dirtenver, you've kept your 5.30 p.m. Thursday runs. And I was going to ask you about that. It makes sense. You're basically saying... If we do it later than that, all of a sudden you're messing up people's schedules and sleeps. And so, right. Especially because we like to go to happy hour on Thursdays. And (laughs) so you don't want to drink, you don't want to pound those margaritas too late in the evening. Yes. Yes. Uh, But one thing that I could, uh, that I should have mentioned as far as if you're not completely in control of the time you're going to run, maybe plan your routes differently. Um, On our Thursday night trail run, and we, and a lot of times we've been defaulting because we're on the trail, we can stay. In some of the shader areas, we can cut out the open field sections or we hop on the squircle where just, especially on that route we have, the road is almost all shaded. So if you aren't able to run later when it, at night, maybe plan your routes around shaded trails. Again, it doesn't have to be dirt trails, but if you can find a shaded path, and if, even if you have to do a little bit more loops than you typically would, just try to get out of the sun. Unless, of course, you're training for Western states and you need that. You might need to do you that. You might need the heat. So um, that's a, that's yeah, a whole I was actually, podcast. I'm going to get to that one, I think, okay. a little bit later. But but you did say something that made me think, you know, the, the margaritas Thursday night. Get them with salt. You yeah, take care of your sodium. Right. It's, it's, it's part of your training. It's, it's really a health drink. It's really a healthy drink. Exactly. Well, what about length of workout? Because you talked about time of day and where you're running. I think that's super important. But what about length? Are you saying maybe maybe if it's the heat of the day, shorten your runs a little bit? Do you think about some of that? Right. We can get creative with some of our workouts. So if you have access to a treadmill, you could do some of it. If you have to do a long run and you're not feeling to being out there for three hours, you can do some on the treadmill. Then get out there and get your heat exposure and limit so you don't have to spend three hours out there. You get another hour, come back, finish on tremor. If you have a Peloton, start on the Peloton first and then get out there and run. So you do have to be careful, especially this goes back to the route planning. Obviously, you're going to be carrying hydration, but if you need to plan your route around fire stations, 7-Elevens, or places where you know you can refill your water. So it's important with that with that route planning, especially if you're going to be out there for hours. What about, because one thing I, I noticed the other day when I did a morning run out at Irwin Park, which is where a lot mm-hmm. of us in this area run, I ran across a guy and he, he basically had his Jeep parked in such a way that that was his aid station. Right. And I know a lot of times, like I give Steven and Timmy time a hard time because they never bring water with them. And I'm thinking in the heat, you need to probably bring water with you, even, even right. for distances where you normally wouldn't in the, maybe in the fall yeah. or spring or winter, 
But then also using your vehicle as an aid right. station. So we definitely, uh, even on that Sunday, struggle bus Sunday runs at Irwin, you know, the loop is nine miles in winter, even if, you know, some of the crazies can, <laughs> I want to count myself, that you can run the full loop and probably carry just a bottle or sometimes not carry anything at all and you'll be fine. But now in the heat that we're seeing, we're having people break up the loop into like four five mile sections so they can just jump back to the car and refill that way they don't have to carry hydration for the full loop or however long they're running you know break up your route into shorter runs break up the trail into shorter loops you know if, if the trail doesn't have that capability you know you can do your own water drops if you're going to put together a really long run so yeah again again that goes back to your route planning uh, and knowing knowing the intervals that you need to make sure you stay on top of your hydration. And that is one of the things that was very popular at Western States and actually was at Black Canyon when I ran it because it was so hot there is just dunking water over your head. Is that smart too, to maybe have it at your vehicle to have, have water where you just pour it over your head? Yeah, it's definitely a good idea. And it's a little easier for us in Texas because it is so humid. It's more important in those races like Black Canyon where there's not as much humidity and and your sweat will just dry so fast. So the ability to keep your clothing wet and keep your body cool is important. You know, going back to the Western States live cast, uh, you saw it was great. Uh, Well, it's great just to have a live cast and be able to see everything streaming. But you can also see more now what the runners are doing to take care of themselves. I think this year we saw a lot more ice bandanas, people wetting themselves. Last year, it's the first year that you got to see live cast. It wasn't nearly as good. But I think there was some commentary around the guys that they did a very poor job of ice and hydration last year. And almost everyone that was running in the front were carrying giant ice bandanas that are wetting themselves. Uh, well, that sounds weird. <laughs> they were, <laughs> some of them actually were probably doing yeah, that. Yeah, they probably were. So, <laughs> well, that's good. Then we know they're hydrated. Um, but they did a much better job of cooling, cooling strategies. And you could tell by some of the results. Yeah, absolutely. We had. Chris McWaters, I think you know yep. Chris from Tejas mm-hmm. Trails. We asked him that question about the heat, and he said it's just important that you you know what your core right. body temperature is, and if it, and trying to keep that core cooled down and water, ice, thing, any of those things can help. Yep, do I that. think I actually listened to a Air Viper running YouTube, and they're doing a recap, and they talked about some of the Nike runners. They had a ice vest that they were wearing, where there were um, little inserts cooling inserts that they would switch out so oh wow and i think it's probably available now on nikerunning.com or wherever it is but they uh it was actual product specific to uh, cooling vest for their runners and we don't have a lot of streams that we run around here in texas (laughs) but i would imagine if you have access to streams or rivers or bodies of water that are safe yeah submerging yourself in that i'm sure that water crossing at western states yep. feels amazing yeah there's yep there obviously the the one that everyone knows in mile 80 but there's some lesser known crossings or i think uh i think it was early in the race and if you listen to the live stream corinne malcolm and mentioned that there's a little creek or oh i don't know not a pond obviously you don't want to get into a pond especially in texas no but there were some water crossings earlier where it was worth dunking yourself in to keep you to keep you cooled off. Awesome. And then 
one last thing before we talk a little bit about about training in the heat or you know adapting to the heat a little bit some of the techniques that people use what about the number of workouts outside cuz i know for me when when you did my programming for black canyon you took in consideration the fact that i like to do peloton i like yeah. to do some cross training do you think about too in the heat hey maybe instead of seven runs or seven days of running we do we do five right. and we do some cross training do you think about things like that yeah so if you've run in the heat <laughs> for any time you know how horrible it is and there can be too much heat training so you don't want to do so much that you're just being completely worn down so it's okay to mix in some indoor workouts especially if you are training for fall marathons which a lot of people are it's tough to train in texas so taking some of your speedier efforts, those tempo runs, and bring them indoors to the treadmill is okay because for the purpose of those runs, we're, we are wanting, we're wanting the speed and we want that specific effort. And if you can't do that outside in 100 degrees, there's no reason to fight it and kill yourself trying to hit paces that you can't do. So it's okay to bring those um, you know, specific key workouts inside if it's going to be more productive. Love it. Let's go to the opposite because when it started getting hot here in Texas, I started to wimp out and I said, oh, it's 100 degrees. I'm not going to go run. And and so I did ev- started doing everything. If you look at my Strava, right. you're like, oh, my goodness, Jeff completely flipped to he's doing 80 miles on the bike and no miles yeah. on the on the trails. And so can you can you wimp out and go, man, I don't, I don't want to run at all. And sometimes I think you just need to – Go, hey, it's it's going to be hot. Right. I need to plan ahead, like the, all the things you just mentioned, wear the right thing, hydrate, take in my sodium, have water available, but kind of get over it. Right. So, you know, I want to go all Goggins on you, but, you know, you can you just, sometimes you just need to harden the F up, right? Yeah, um, yeah. You know, it, it's probably a little bit uh, overblown, but it is, there's mental training that we need to remember how to push ourselves. And that's the reason why we're doing these sports. We we're wanting to challenge ourselves. So we still want to get out there and do things that are that are hard so you don't want to while it's more convenient to do everything in nice climate controlled (laughs) um especially those long runs just get out there slow down don't look at what the pace is and just go by feel um if uh, if we're just doing an easy long run sounds weird but a long run yeah we don't need to yeah for this purpose we don't need to worry about what the pace is you just have to do the training and be confident that as long as you're doing the training, those paces will come back when it's fall and when it's cooler. I'm glad you brought that up, and I should have asked you about that. So one technique in running in the heat is just slow the heck down. Yeah. And, and and do you think a little bit more about heart rate in that situation? Right. For me as a bigger runner, I burn pretty fast. My engine revs pretty hot. And so I've noticed that in the heat, I've got to really slow down to kind of keep – I try to stay in that 150 or below right. range – so slowing down's got to be important. Yeah, so definitely go by heart rate or perceived effort. Something you need to should be in tune with, so you're not necessarily just staring at, at a heart rate zone because that can also kind of spike your heart rate if you're <laughs> if you're really focused on how many beats per minute you're running. But yeah, again, it's just slow. Yeah, just slow down and not not worry about those paces. Awesome. Last thing I want to hit on is is heat training because one of the things I noticed at Western States is they talked about 
well, this person trains in Arizona, so they've got a little bit of a leg up, or this right. person trains right around Auburn, so they've got a leg up. And then, then I heard, well, the people that aren't in the hot areas of the country have been doing saunas right. and things like that. So are there are there things you can do to kind of adapt to your body a little bit better to the heat? Right. I guess we're lucky. <laughs> to have the heat in Texas. But you also, there's some other strategies like like sauna or hot tub, if you don't like the sauna, where you can have passive heat training. So if you're running for several hours on your long run outside, that can put a lot of strain on the body. So another method is, say, after your weekday run, spend 30 minutes in the sauna right after. So your body's already warm your core is already hot and you can just jump into the sauna and you're not stressing your body by spending another 30 minutes out in the heat but you're still getting that passive heat training so it's a little bit easier on you so you're getting in the sauna or either in the hot tub you know i think even on the western states live stream you know we talked about you know certain runners but according to Walter, didn't like the sauna. She thought it was too much on her body. I think so. She did opt for the hot tub. There's Ian Sharman, who primarily out of Bend, Oregon, where it just doesn't get hot enough to get the right stress levels for Western States. So he runs in long sleeves, several layers to get that heat training. We don't need to do that in Texas, fortunately, but there are other ways to get that heat training. So you you can be a little bit creative, but I think for me, I I love the sauna. I like the sauna, even though I'm not training for hot races because there's also some, you know, some health benefits and um, I think it's also good for recovery. So whether there's some, you know, some literature around, it can also help you at altitude. So I, I definitely encourage it outside of just heat training. But I, I do like, I do like the aspect that it can be passive. So you're not adding on additional miles out in the heat, but you're still getting that heat training without working as hard. Let's end on this. You just mentioned something that made me think of this. So heat running in the heat is certainly taxing your body. And we've talked about this with you before, how important recovery is. It's like, it's one of those things we don't usually think about, right? We usually think about our runs and our, we might think about hydration and nutrition, but the recovery tends to fall down. But I would imagine during the heat, that's even more, I mean, right. I'm sure it's always important, but it's probably even more so because you've got to recover if you're going to get back out there and hit hit it again. Yeah, right. I think you'll probably, if you, I'm sure Coros does it too, but Garmin gives you a recovery score. Yeah. If you're paying attention, it's probably, the hours are probably a lot more than they were a few months ago as far as the recovery because you're pushing yourself in the heat. So, you know, recovery is important coming back. And one of the easiest things that I do is I have my recovery shake ready for me in my car. Um, usually I mix in a, a Tailwind recovery shake and I fill it completely with ice in my shaker bottle. So after the run, usually the ice is mostly melted. In <laughs> Texas, it but, might be a uh, loop you know, cold. You I don't keep a cooler. Like you can have a cooler as well. But that's right when I finish, I reach for my recovery shake before I hit the margarita. <laughs> that's you know that's the easiest way to start that recovery process is refueling your body and with the proper nutrients, not just margaritas. So take and if you have to wait to drive back home, you're probably that might not happen. So, you know, limit the excuses and have that ready. So it sounds like a couple of words here. Be smart 
about running in the heat. Be proactive. Mm-hmm. Be prepared. I feel like I feel like maybe a Boy Scout yeah. here. Or <laughs> such good stuff, Coach Greg. Such wisdom nuggets all over the place. Yeah, I think for a lot of us here in Texas and all around, really around the country, heat waves going on all the, yeah. all the time. And so, super great information about running in the heat. So thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, appreciate it. And Coach Craig, if someone wanted to reach out so you get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? All right. Uh, yeah, the easiest way to reach out to me is slide in my DMs. <laughs> slide the DMs. I don't think I've ever actually said that. <laughs> but so you can yeah, you can reach out to me at uh, on Instagram at Ultra Ninja Runner with no E. And that's the easiest way to reach out to me and in my profile there's a link to my coaching bio and that should answer most of the questions that you may have about me so you can reach out there my email is also in my profile so either way works such good knowledge such good experience such good information thank you so much for sharing it with us we appreciate it always happy to be on talk to you soon thank you One of the things we love to do is to give shout-outs and kudos to the big-ass runners out there just making it happen. And this week, we want to give a shout-out to Jack Fisher. Jack just started listening to the show. He's a back-of-the-pack Ironman runner who just is starting to run trails and looks forward to encouragement from the big-ass runner herd. So, Jack, thanks so much for your note. Thanks for listening to the show. And, man, any way that we can encourage you, we want to do that. So, big shout-out and kudos to you for learning to hit those trails, getting your feet picked up. Way to go, Jack. Well, on this very special, man, is it hot outside, episode of The Big Ass Runner, episode number 102, we thought we would do a bit of a fun new segment called Hot Takes, and I reached out to The Big Ass Runner Herd and asked for their hot takes. Now, if you don't know what a hot take is, that's just an opinion that would probably be a bit unpopular but an opinion that you truly believe, something you truly believe goes against the norms, you think is correct, but might come across as potentially unpopular with most people. That's a hot take. And so I asked the Big Ass Runner Herd, and of course, they did not disappoint, which is always the case, never disappoints, does the Big Ass Runner Herd. So I'm going to read these. There's a bunch of them. And I'm going to share whether I believe that is a accurate hot take. If I agree with the take or not, doesn't matter if it's your opinion, that's your opinion. No, no big whoop, but I'll just share if I think I agree with it or not. And maybe you do the same at home. Find out. I say at home, you might be out running. You might be out commuting. You may not be at home, but you know what I mean? Play along. See if you agree with these hot takes. The first one 
is from our buddy Andy, Andy Allen, the Andy Allen on the Instagram. His hot take is that the Dave Matthews Band is overrated. Hot take, no doubt. Dave Matthews Band, popular band. But Andy, I am going to agree with you. I've just never been a huge fan. That doesn't mean they're not great. Yeah, music music is subjective. So if you like Dave Matthews Band, that is awesome. But Andy, I am going to agree with your particular hot take that the Dave Matthews Band is overrated. All right, here's someone I am related to through marriage. I think that's the way to say it. My daughter-in-law, Donna K. Harrell, has two here, two very controversial hot takes. And that's what a hot take is, controversial. Grease 2 is better than Grease 1. Sandy, my darling, you hurt me real bad. Donna, love you like a daughter. Well, she is like a daughter. She's my daughter-in-law. She seems more like a daughter than a daughter-in-law, honestly. But I'm going to say, Donna, I am going to disagree with your hot take. I do not believe Grease 2 is better than Grease 1. I know it's got Michelle Pfeiffer in it, but Grease 1, I kind of have a philosophy. I think most originals are better than any sequel, right? Don't at me. But this is definitely the case in this in this case. I don't think Grease 2 is better than Grease 1. I mean, you got John Travolta in the first one. He's not in the second one. Come on, Sandy. I mean, Sandy's not. Oh, oh my goodness. All right. Her second hot take is John Mulaney is very annoying and not funny. I'm actually going to agree with you on this one. I don't find a lot of what most people think are funny comedians all that funny. I don't know. He's one of them. Going to agree with your hot take. John Mulaney is very, I don't know about the annoying part, but very annoying and not funny. Thank you, Donna, for submitting those two hot takes. Well, Carissa responded with her hot take. Carissa, she is cjb.health on the Instagram. Her hot take, beer after running is gross. Puke face emoji. I understand why you'd say this because the tummy sometimes is not ready for certain things. My tummy loves beer after race. I don't know if it's the carbs, the taste. I don't know, but... I don't agree with that hot take, but I can totally understand it. Beer after running is gross in Carissa's opinion. Hey, give me one of those famous giant beers I heard so much about. CJ, thank you for that hot take. Courtney Joseph has a couple. Number one, and my dad's a vet, so this one, I've got to be careful with this one. Corgis are ugly. (laughs) I think if you're honest, you would probably agree but there are some corgi owners out there who think that is not the case but corgis are ugly is courtney joseph's hot take another one and this one mm, i'm a fan of these actually might be surprised but her second hot take is baking shows are boring i actually like baking shows maybe it's because i can't bake And I just, I find it interesting the way that they 
can put things together. And of course, you know, every baking show is the same. It's almost like, and we will get into this perhaps later. Almost like a superhero show movie where it's the same formula. Baking shows is the same. Oh, how are they ever going to get it done in time? Oh, look, some, something didn't work right. This fell. I got to redo it. Oh my gosh. Time's almost up. Am I going to make it? They always make it. But in Courtney's opinion, baking shows are boring. I'm going to disagree with that one, but I could totally understand. Ava A. Harrell, another one of my daughters, responded with this one. Her hot take, socks and sandals is stylish. I'm assuming you mean together at the same time. And I just don't know that I can agree with that, Ava. Socks and sandals is stylish. I will say Ava is stylish. So she thinks it's stylish. And I recognize I'm not always that way. Not always stylish. She's probably right. It is a hot take. What do you guys think out there? Big ass runner herd. Ava, thank you for that hot take. Tanner Then You says his hot take is the only mint chocolate chip is green mint chocolate chip. I'm not a big fan of mint chocolate chip. And so I don't know that I have an opinion. I know my kids do and they would agree with you. They love the green mint chocolate chip. And that happens to be their favorite. In fact, the other day, I might have been getting some ice cream and asked my son what his flavor of choice. He said mint chocolate chip and it was the green mint chocolate chip. So Tanner than you, Tanner, I believe that is a hot take. At least my kids would agree with. All righty. Here's another one from milk powered athlete. This is on brand. His hot take is whole milk post run. I don't know if I've ever tried whole milk after a run. It's so damn hot. Milk was a bad choice. I think I've done chocolate milk before because I've heard it's a good recovery. But whole milk post-run? I don't know. Where do you land on that? Is that a hot take? I'm going to say I'm going to say I disagree with that hot take just because it doesn't sound great after a run. Maybe after a hot pepper. I don't know. Whole milk post-run. Thank you, milk-powered athlete. Makes total sense. Not Dr. Oz. I can't believe this one. This is going to make Marcy Baser very happy. But not Dr. Oz, who, by the way, great dancer. His hot take is ultra running is dumb. Not Dr. Oz. I'm assuming that you're meaning ultra distances because I know you love trail running. Maybe that's just a nod to Marcy. I don't know. Ultra running is dumb. I'm going to disagree with that hot take. But again, I think it might be a nod to Marcy. All right. Next one, Steve Larson. He can be found at I2RSJL on the Instagram. Adaptation is real. That is his hot take. I don't know. I think so. What do you think? I'm not even sure how I feel about that one. I'm not even sure what that means exactly. Adaptation is real. I don't think I'm smart enough to understand that. 
Thank you for that, Steve. All right, we've got some more Charlie Bazer. The apple does not fall far from the tree. Charlie has some hot takes. First of which, Jack in the Box is good. Mm. Charlie chuckles. I don't know if I can agree with that. Although I will say, I know it's not good for you. Does it taste good? Maybe. I, I do like their tacos. They squeeze them together with square cheese in there. I don't know. What do you guys think? Jack in the Box is good. Don't know that I can agree with that one. I definitely do not agree with your next hot take. Country music is the best music. We know that's not true, especially bro country. And I think you're probably nodding at a little bit of bro country. We all know that classic rock is the best music. I mean, it's kind of common knowledge. So I'm going to have to disagree with that hot take. And her last hot take, blondes do have more fun. Well, Charlie, I'll take your word for it. You're probably right. But since I'm not blonde, I don't know. I don't know. Cynical Caroline with a hot take. Grilled cheese is the best aid station hot food option. Now, this is just a cheese sandwich. Why, you like it for some? French toast and pancakes are gross. This is kind of a combo. So let's, let's break this apart. Like we're going to diagram this. Grilled cheese is the best aid station hot food option. I don't... I like grilled cheese as a hot food option, so I'm okay with that take. But then, fighting words after that. French toast slash pancakes are gross. Come on, Caroline. Pancakes are amazing. French toast can get a little gross if it's soggy. If they don't do the egg quite right. because It's kind of gross to prepare them, actually, because you're dipping them in eggs. What about eggs? But gross? Mm, definitely not pancakes. Pancakes are delicious. We have a few more hot takes on this brand new segment called Hot Takes. Jazz says, this is coming off the heels of July 4th. Jazz says, fireworks are overrated. Jazz, I'm going to agree with you. I actually, it's kind of cool for the first minute and then it feels like the same oh it's that one's green oh that one exploded it's red oh that one had little sounds afterward little crackling noises i don't know i feel like the novelty maybe has worn off i don't know fireworks are overrated says jazz i'm gonna agree with that hot take someone named steven submitted one and his hot take is cilantro is a bully spice. Steven, we've we've talked about this. You're just plain wrong. Cilantro is amazing and does not take over like a bully. It tastes awesome. So we want it to be front and center. And it's not. It it's in the background. You can definitely taste it, but it makes things better. It's delicious. Cilantro is a bully spice. Bad take. Not a hot take. Bad take. Brie, her hot take is, and this kind of makes sense. Is that goat cheese? Chevre. Yes, that is a goat cheese. Because I have a, a, 
lactose reflux, and I can't. You're lactose intolerant? Yeah, but or I can't. Or you have acid reflux. There are different things. Goat cheese. Bree says goat cheese tastes like a fart. Well, you know, I've heard that from people before. I disagree with it. I love good. I love all cheese, let's be honest. But I do not believe it tastes like a fart, but I understand it. I've heard it from enough people to think there's something to it. But I do not agree with Brie. Eh, like I rhymed. And the last one, last but not least, and if you're listening to this in your car or you have kids around, you may want to muffle their ears because Marcy Baser brings it home with this amazing hot take. Blew my mind. She says, Santa is not real. I don't know. Every every Christmas, he seems to show up at my house. Maybe you're just not on the good list, Marcy. I think that is a bad take because I think Santa is daggum real. I see him at the mall. So there you go. Well, we would love to hear. If you have a hot take of your own, let us know what that is on this very special episode of the big ass runner we wanted to share some of the big ass runner herd members hot takes there you have it which ones did you agree with which ones did you say is a bad take that is hot takes Well, believe it or not, that is the end of episode number 102, the special Man Is It Hot episode of The Big Ass Runner. Thanks to everyone involved for someone that sounded a lot like a very famous actor at the very beginning doing the intro. Appreciate that. Thank you to Coach Greg for sharing all those amazing wisdom nuggets on how to run in the heat. And of course, all of the amazing herd members that submitted their hot takes really appreciate that one not a hot take this is an awesome take that you should do is go to pathprojects.com and grab the air dot shirt because it is hot that is the best shirt that i have had when running in the heat for those of us who don't want to run without our shirt on that thing is amazing it actually feels cooler i think than if you took your shirt off Air dot technology, head on over to pathprojects.com. And as always, a big shout out to our audio engineer who makes this sound so good, Steve Hot Summer Night Saunders. Well, with that, thanks again for listening to the show. Stay cool out there, everybody. Manage that heat. Thanks again. Get out there, hit those trails in a very cool fashion. And keep running your asses off.
the streams or rivers or bodies of water that are safe. Yeah. Submerging in, submerging yourself in that. But there's some lesser knowns, lesser, lesser knowns, lesser known. Uh, <laughs> well, Carissa responded with her hot take. Beer is gross. Um, not, that's not the hot take, Steve. Move that to the blooper reel. Green, smiley, no, green, frowny, almost puke face emoji. Well, thanks again for, oh my goodness, that was terrible. That's terrible. I know that heat waves been crazy. It was like 97 degrees up there. That's hot.